0: You're listening to the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out Play Callers. New episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available to stream across all platforms. Hello and welcome to the Tiger's Den Podcast. We are back once again. Yes, we understand. Uh, You know, last week we weren't able to post okay day you know we're celebrating the life of the king himself martin luther king uh so but now we're back this week better than ever although probably not after what we just saw here we're recording this sunday night per usual after uh the chiefs just beat the bills but let's go and get into today's show Today, we're obviously going to be discussing that game that just happened, Tyler Bass and all of that. Uh, we're also going to be discussing who we think the MVP is in the NFL. Well, really, uh, one guy that should be the M- MVP, in my opinion. We're also going to be discussing some uh, teams to look f- look forward to for next year's revamped college football landscape and all of that and more today on the Tigers' Den. But, Reese, go ahead and get him started with the weekend rundown. You can go and discuss a little bit of like, you know, past weekend as well as this weekend, this week. Uh just talk about, you know, some of the NFL playoffs. You know what to do. Reese, take it away.
1: This is the weekend rundown. Uh this weekend college basketball, Saturday. A lot of upsets like usual. Um you know Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh went into Cameron indoor. And beat Duke eighty to seventy six. Sure. Yes,
0: they're overrated. I'm telling yeah. you. I'll keep it, saying
1: it. Duke is overrated.
0: Yeah. They're and not the then, same Duke is every year. They're not the same.
1: Uh, you know who isn't overrated though? Auburn's not overrated. They won eighty two to fifty nine.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you sound so depressed.
1: <laughs> I'm freaking, bro. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Patrick Malm's. Yeah, Matt
0: Mahomes and Taylor Swift have ruined our night. Uh if y'all can't tell. But yeah. Reese, you gotta power through it. I'm sorry. Um
1: Yeah, Auburn Auburn looks hot right now. I think they could be a final four team, honestly. We'll we'll I'm wait too. we'll wait later for the top ten to, you know yeah. we'll do college basketball later. Um I mean, Yeah. And then, you know, Villanova. Villanova almost snuck one against UConn. That was actually a crazy game. Yeah. UConn um UConn had a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of uh, foul calls later in the game that they got from the officiating, but, uh, yeah, we're used to that officiating. (laughs) I
0: I think that win, though, tells a lot, and I didn't watch the game live, so I'm not sure about, you know, that officiating take, but um i think this win really tells a lot about this uconn team you know going on the road against a tough villanova team obviously not the cream of the crop in college basketball right now but you know i think that you know getting this win especially after we see so many teams get that number one spot and then drop one to an unranked team on the road you see this with them they were able to escape so i think that tells us a lot about the huskies
1: yeah and then purdue purdue went on the road and Iowa is a pretty tough team Mm -hmm. too you know I was had some decent wins this year, and Purdue went on the road and blew them out, basically. Yeah. But I think the biggest upset of this weekend was definitely West Virginia beating Kansas. And West yeah. Virginia, no wonder Bill Self slammed a chair in the locker room because West Virginia's seven and eleven, and the wor- probably the worst team in the conference right now.
0: Yeah, what's going on? Two teams I want to discuss real quick: uh, Kansas and Arizona. What? Well, like, like what's I know happened? Arizona barely, Arizona barely escaped. Like they.
1: Because I remember you texted us and you were like, look at the score of the Arizona game. And it was like a 30-point game. UCLA was up. No,
0: but and then Arizona ended up winning. I mean, you know, going through that mid-season drop-off, I guess, we'll see how they bounce back.
1: Yeah, I know. There's still some people that think Arizona can make it pretty far to the, like, Final Four. I don't think so. but I mean, they got it's... the
0: potential, but they're just not showing it right now. That's all I got to say.
1: Honestly, this year is probably going to be like a year that you'll see like an 11 seed or something make it to the Final Four or like a 12 seed something like that some random seed um but also we had SEC play and this was probably one of the weirdest games ever like Kentucky was up by like 30 points and almost lost like 96 to 105 was crazy not and even remember, uh, not even
0: overtime
1: yeah i know i remember watching that game and like the announcers thought it was over and they were like i wonder if Kentucky will break the all time SEC scoring record uh in conference play for like 130 points or something dang and then like they um georgia sudden, scored georgia...
0: 61 in the second half
1: yeah kentucky oh scored guess. 51 dude it was crazy jeez But georgia... georgia used a lot of three point shooting it was crazy yeah. they they went crazy and then you know another upset which this team will probably be in the rankings come later um texas texas upset baylor on a last second shot yeah That's i watched there. that
0: game uh, that was crazy
1: bro real quick i just want to go over because We've talked already a lot about a Big Twelve, Big Twelve games. I just want to go over the Big Twelve like standings real quick. Like the Big Twelve is actually like so, like right now Texas Tech's leading the Big Twelve at four and one, and That's also Kansas State's right behind them at four and one. Yeah, and then you got teams like um, Kansas is third, along with Oklahoma, Iowa State, Houston, and Baylor. Those are three very highly, or those are actually five highly ranked teams that are
0: not even at the top of the conference. I mean, also, you look at it, you look at it, you look at who's in uh who's in second to last place right now is TCU, he's ranked 19th in the country. Yeah, but so, they're I tied mean, with like Cincinnati, BYU, UCF. You know, so I mean, even West Virginia honestly, out yeah, outside of West Virginia and Oklahoma State, I mean, we could see every other team make it from the Big Twelve this year, like in the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, because um West well, no, even West Virginia might have a chance to make it if they turn it around because they, they're two and three against A P ranked teams. And yeah. we know we know the Big Twelve has a lot of A P ranked teams this season. So honestly I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody sneaks in from the Big Twelve that's not supposed to make it. But no, now going back uh Another – well, this was almost an upset. Um, yeah, Oklahoma almost lost to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, they almost lost to Cincinnati. But Cincinnati is actually a pretty good team. Like, Cincinnati actually might make the tournament this season. And then, I you mean, know, I-
0: yeah, another example of, you know, Big 12 being wide open. I mean, yeah. anybody – I feel like, you know, Big 12 and eight SEC are very similar this year, you know. Like, any team can lose on any given night. Yeah, opinion. no, that's happened – That's
1: that. oh, no, it's actually also the Mountain West Conference, too. The Mountain West Conference has had a lot of upsets as well this season. Yeah. With, like, yeah. Colorado State and Utah State losing people that they're
0: not supposed to. Yeah. A yeah. team I
1: also want to talk about that's fell off – like, we didn't mention this team, Marquette has kind of fallen off.
0: Yeah, I know they almost
1: lost to Saint John's, barely beat them by yeah. one point. So And then you know, I don't know if you watched the game at like I think it was at noon or like eleven and Seton Hall. Brayton and Seton Hall, yeah. yeah that game final was crazy. three overtimes went ninety seven to ninety four. It was yeah, actually still, crazy. So
0: still, still didn't score more points than Georgia Kentucky, which is insane, but yeah. You know, yeah. I so, did but
1: some, I did just get some news. It said the Bills fans were uh brawling in the stands.
0: So yeah yeah well, I mean, there's not much else to do outside of football in Buffalo, you know. Now they're yeah. just a cold city that sucks to be in, so yep, well,
1: that's going to do it for men's college basketball. Now I want to talk about women's college basketball because uh Taylor today got the shadow for women's college basketball. Let's and go was... Let's
0: go Taylor. Okay. Good
1: environment. It was a good environment. I want to talk about the game today between Iowa and Ohio State. You know, oh, did you see the clip afterwards? Yeah, uh, yeah. Caitlin, Caitlin Clark, Clark acting Caitlin Clark was acting like
0: a baby. She's a little <laughs> Did dramatic. you see the actual video though? Yeah, like, I did purposely, see She she definitely like flopping after the game is like it's like kinda crazy. So
1: Well Clark. C- Caitlin Clark, geez, forty five points is crazy. Anyway, uh Kaitlin Clark, she like in her press conference, she said that the Ohio State purposely did that. that like they I set know, it up. that's
0: that's what I saw too. So I was like I was I like,
1: know, buddy, I don't think that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but Ohio State did upset Iowa in overtime. That game almost had as much points as Georgia and Kentucky in men's basketball. That was a hundred. Yeah, the ninety two. and Kalen Clark had forty five points. So, yeah. um, that's insane. It's actually
0: insane. no, no doubt, no doubt. She's a great player. It's just you know that's a bad luck you running yeah. into a fan and then you know, but.
1: Yeah, and then also in women's college basketball in the Pac-12, USC and Colorado, which was a top-six matchup, number-six USC versus number-three Colorado, Colorado ended up winning that one 63-59, so at least something at Colorado's going right. Football's definitely not it there, but, you know, women's basketball might be.
0: Uh, And then, you know,
1: Stanford's coach, I know this doesn't matter, but I mean, Mm, Oregon State's actually
0: decent. I thought they were terrible. No, I, I saw it. I saw it. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, no, she My got uh, she got her one thousand two hundred and three career wins for Dang. Stanford. She just passed Coach K for most yeah. wins and for college any college
0: basketball. for any college coach. So yeah, yeah, any college basketball coach. So that's that was
1: actually yeah, that was actually really cool. To I see mean, that.
0: yeah how how long has she been coaching? That's that's so hell that, yeah. That's what I want to know. It's like, how do you how do you even get to coaching 1,203 games, you know? But I don't she's know. Gotta be, I mean, she's got to be a little bit older than Coach K if she has Yeah, shout-out to her, I guess. You know, shout-out to her.
1: So. Yeah. Well, now we're going to get into NFL. Freaking worse subject right now. Bro. I hate NFL <laughs> so much, bro. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Um. But yesterday we had some games. Uh, Ravens and Texans, you know, I honestly thought this game was going to be good. I thought C.J. Stroud was going to, uh, you know, Pull a, let him cook, but buddy pulled, buddy pulled a ten point, ten point uh, game. He, he just, yeah. he just couldn't do it, couldn't do it in Baltimore. I've never seen it. Baltimore's defense that was really
0: good. Yeah, they're like oh they're, they're they're insane. I mean, Cal Hamilton, Cal Hamilton's a menace. Like he's a problem. Six, he's what six four two fifteen, and he plays safety. I mean, yeah. like I don't even know how you handle that. So.
1: Yeah, but you know, next week the NFL refs will uh they'll they'll help freaking Patrick Mahomes uh, get hey, it. We'll run. see. I, I
0: believe in Lamar. I believe in Lamar. So
1: he better he better make the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then the game that pissed me off the most was definitely the Packers and 49ers, dude. That was that had to have been like <laughs> I feel so bad for Anders Carlson, bro. Uh
0: well, I mean, you know, but he, he wasn't really it. that
1: he wasn't really that good when he was here at Auburn, anyway. Well,
0: I think it was that that injury, you know, that yeah. injury. Uh, you remember late in his career where he didn't? He that's where Alex McPherson came in and wowed everybody, you know, because he yeah, got because injured. I remember
1: I remember Andres had like a uh, ACL
2: tear or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't think he's been the same since that. So you know, yeah. but – sucks for him but i mean you know really honestly if you think about it i don't think the 49ers will make the super bowl i, I honestly think it's probably going to be i the
0: i lions? think it'll be the,
1: the lions yeah because the 49ers you can't beat like the worst seed by like 3 points that does, yeah. that can't happen
0: well you know i mean the packers also did just blow out the cowboys who were the second seed so the cowboys you know. suck though the cowboys don't count because <laughs> we knew that was going to happen <laughs> Yeah, okay, 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 okay.
1: All right. And, sure, 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 yeah, sure. today today the Lions and Bucks played. That was actually a really good game. That was that – I, I kind of feel really happy for the Lions fans. Yeah. And, and Eminem. Yeah.
0: I, I picked on my little bracket thing that I made. I picked the Lions to win – or the Buccaneers to beat them. But Ooh. I feel happy for the. I feel good for the Lions. You know, there is not a team that – like, like, I feel like if you are rooting, like, strictly rooting against the Lions, it's only because you're rooting for the team playing against them. Everybody else, I think, you know, they're, they're just such a good story. You know, like, second ever uh, NFC Championship appearance. You know, they've never made the Super Bowl. Like, it's just awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see next week when the championship games happen. We'll see if the Lions can, you know,
0: yeah. get into the
1: Super Bowl. And it's not going to be in Detroit, so the crowd will not uh, – will not pay a factor for san francisco and then i'm not even gonna talk about this game i don't even want to (laughs) i'm not no that's that's it for weekend rundown like
0: uh, all right well now we're gonna move into uh team huddle with uh, or excuse me debate topic sorry uh debate topic with your boy taylor now this is where things get a little bit heated
2: this is taylor's debate topic So There's a lot of talk about um, what's going to happen with the number one pick. You know, the Bears have it right now from the Panthers, but Justin Fields kind of impressed us at the end of the season, so what will happen with the number one pick, who will go first, and what team will be selecting with that pick, the Bears or someone else? Max, give us your opinion.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I think this is a very interesting topic, you know, because um, the Bears actually surprised me towards the end of the year with how well, you know, not only Justin Fields was playing but their team as a whole. I mean, you know, you looked at midway through the season it looked like they were just tanking, but they actually up until, you know, the last 2 weeks, they technically were still in the playoff hunt. But then obviously they lost to the Packers that last week. If I'm the if I'm the Bears, I'm either if I'm the Bears I'm keeping Justin Fields. I mean, it's right now it's looking like, it's not... Okay, so, first, I'll start out with what I, I would do, like, in this situation, what they should do, but then what I think they will do. So, uh, what I think they should do is I think they should keep Justin Fields and draft either Marvin Harrison Jr. or the, I think his name's, like, Fashanu or something like that, the O-lineman out of Penn State. I think that, that should be one of their two, because, I mean, you look at it, Justin Fields, he obviously can run the ball, you know, but you look at his games, I mean... Against the uh the Falcons and the Cardinals, and even in games against the Browns and the Lions, you know the for the last five weeks of the season, I mean he played uh really good, you know, like really good. Not even as like a running quarterback, but just as a full cornerback in general. And I'm looking at it right now; it says that the ba- the Bears are linked to Cliff Kingsbury, uh, likely talking about an OC job. So it looks like they're. Uh, discussing going to a more offensive route of the team. So I think they should pick Marvin Harrison Jr. right here. Um or or they either they trade the pick, trade back and possibly get, I don't know, either two two more second round picks in a first round or possibly they could get like two lower first round picks or something like that for the first round. Or they could just straight up do what the Panthers did and get a uh, big name from another team. So, you know,
1: guy. get a five foot nine guy,
0: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that's what the Bears should do. Now, what I think they will do, what it's looking like is they're going to completely clean out shop. They're going to get Caleb Williams. They're going to bring him in, see what he can do. Uh, and they're going to trade Justin Fields and hopefully get him for some either draft stock or some other team like other, you know, veteran players that they could possibly bring over. I've would you seen, say it was going to get the number one pick? Uh number one's Chicago. So.
1: No, I'm saying who do you think it would be?
0: Like oh, you- I mean, I think I think it will be Caleb Williams, but I think it should be uh Marvin Harrison Jr. Cuz I think now do I think Caleb Williams will 100% go to the Bears with the number one overall pick? I don't I don't know. Because here's also a thing that could happen, which I've also been seeing a lot of, is the Bears trading the number one overall pick. And then some other team, like, I don't know, let's say the Cardinals, or not the Cardinals, the uh, the Giants decide to trade up from number six. And they go to the first overall pick. They're definitely taking uh, Caleb Williams or, you know, Drake May or something like that. But um, I'm looking at NFL's mock draft right now, actually, that was posted two days ago. And it does have Caleb Williams, going to uh number one so you know it looks like that's where and i hate it for justin fields but hopefully he can get traded and go to a better team that you could start for um but it looks like their gm and like their entire thing if you've been looking at the bears uh it looks like they're trying to you know they want caleb williams like 100 percent. so um we'll see what happens but my prediction is caleb williams going first overall to the Chicago Bears. Mm. What do you uh, think? Dave?
1: Yeah, I'm um, honestly, I think I think the either the Commanders or the Patriots are going to trade with the Bears, and okay. I think if the Patriots do it, the Patriots will get Williams. But I think if the Commanders do it, the Commanders are probably going to get May because I honestly, there's like two different. I think the Commanders
2: one, the Commanders like white quarterbacks better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, there, there it is. That's so, so true. I mean, it's, it's facts. But Here's what I'll say, though, Reese, because you said the Commanders might trade up to get Drake May. What I'm looking at right now is they can get Drake May at second without having to trade up. You know Well, what I mean?
1: then then that's where the Patriots would probably most likely trade up, honestly. The Patriots would probably uh, – I'd say the Patriots trade up and get Williams because uh, most of the mock
0: drafts I've seen say that the Bears probably will end up uh replacing the Patriots pick. Okay, so do you have the NFL mock draft like brought up for NFL? Um uh, about to, I know I saw yeah. one a few weeks ago. I'm about to pull I, it up real quick. I can read you the one I'm looking at right now. This is from two days ago, but this is the latest one that popped up. Pick one is Caleb Williams to the Bears. Pick two is uh May to the Commanders. Pick three is Jaden Daniels to the New England Patriots. Pick four is Marvin Harrison Jr to the Cardinals. Pick five is Roma Dunze to the Chargers. What's crazy is the first six picks of the draft are either QBs or wide receivers because the sixth pick is Malik Neighbors to the Giants. So, I mean, you know, Jaden Daniels, you know, those first three, do you think those first three QBs are interchangeable? That's the thing, you know, because. I mean, I think you could put,
1: you could probably put Daniels over May.
0: Yeah. So I don't see any reason why the. Patriots or the Commanders or the Bears would trade up to get that you know Uh, honestly I could see possibly you know they might have to trade a lot for it but the Falcons at pick eight going trying to trade up to get you know not even to the number one spot but to the number three spot to try and get one of those three quarterbacks because I mean who's going to be their quarterback next year Taylor
1: Heineke. Maybe, maybe maybe, Tennessee would be someone to trade up there as
0: well uh, to try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, now I may not agree with the Titans organization when they say this. I think this is bad on their part. But from what I've seen from them, they like what they saw from Will Levis. They want him to be their next guy. So yeah. uh, Titans, I don't see doing it. Giants, I mean, Dable and their entire organization still thinks Danny Dimes is the – is the chosen one, is their guy. What about guy? Tommy DeVito? What about no. Tommy Cutlets? Tommy <laughs> Cutlets. Get him. Get or, Tommy or, Cutlets. Or Tommy Cutlets, you know. But And then the Chargers, I mean, they – Herbert in hypothetical <clears throat> situations is Tom Brady to them. So, you know. And then the Cardinals, they got, you know, the little midget over there, Kyler Murray running around. So, I mean, you know, I think that the Falcons, <clears throat> we could see – if we're going to see a huge trade, my prediction is the Falcons going to third – um, will we see? Will we see the Broncos or Raiders? Maybe trade up, though. I mean, how high is? I mean, the Broncos the, Raider, the
1: Raiders are the Broncos are twelve. The Raiders are thirteen. Hey, let
0: me let me cook real quick. Bro,
1: they right. Bo, Nicks, they got Bo They got Bo at fourteen for the Saints. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yes, hey, sir. Let me, cook, let me cook.
0: Let me cook. All right. Let, let's okay. Cook, okay, let's okay, okay. Okay.
1: Okay.
2: So there's a team right that has a quarterback with very small hands. Oh <laughs> no! The Pittsburgh Steelers What did they pick? Who's going to be their quarterback? They're, they pick at 20th because they made the playoffs. Yeah. My prediction is that the Steelers are going to trade T.J. Watt and their first round pick to move all the way up to number one because Chicago needs an edge rusher. They have a good secondary. They have no linebackers or defensive linemen whatsoever. They get T.J. Watt and get rid of that first pick and believe in Justin Fields. And then at that twentieth pick, they get Rome Adunze if Rome Adunze is still available. I think they go with him, or I think they go with Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU.
0: I was about to say that you're 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 actually really cooking right there. until Rome Adunze, he's projected to go fifth overall, but Thomas Jr. is projected to go twenty first. And actually, I do
2: Max, he's projected to go anywhere from. Um, fifth to about seventeenth.
1: Yeah, he, right now Roman Dunze is projected uh number
2: five to charge. Wait, him. where do you see Bo Nix to the Saints? No, uh, and You know, you know who track. the the Bears would get if they had that pick? <laughs> Keon Coleman from Florida State. Ooh, they got Brock Bowers going mm-hmm. to the Colts.
0: There you go. I mean, it's yeah, that would be crazy. I mean, you know, that would answer the Bears' questions. It's really a matter of who do the Bears, you know, what are teams willing to give up? I mean, the Steelers, they do need a quarterback too. I mean, the main teams that I saw this year that just didn't have a good quarterback, like on their roster, were the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Like, they were the two teams that they had to switch between quarterbacks multiple times, and it just wasn't working out. Every other team I'm looking at right now, like the Colts, Anthony Richardson got hurt. Maybe the Raiders, you know, unless they trust Aiden O'Connell, you know, the guy that looks like, well, I actually, I wonder what that. are they going to do with Jimmy G, bro? Yeah. All I'll say is this draft is one of the most exciting in recent years. Like last year's <laughs> draft was kind of, eh, you know, like, I, well, I mean, no, let me not say that. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, I mean, it was pretty loaded, but, um, this year's draft just feels like – it just feels so much different. I think you
2: know? the reason that this year's draft is so, you know, hyped is because it's a lot of offensive players like quarterbacks and receivers. Yeah. You know, explosive players that you a see. Lot. Like yeah. last year was more like offensive linemen and defensive players that kind of just play a, you know, small role on a team. But, I mean, this yeah. year you got Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Michael JJ P. McCarthy. Yeah. I mean –
1: Daniel Jeremiah doesn't even have Michael Penix in the first first round. So I mean I
2: think Bo Nix deserves to be drafted over my, to be honest. This guy,
1: yeah, no, this this guy, Daniel Jeremiah, says he's uh says I'm a big fan of the Knicks game. I think his experience as a five year starter is positive for him as Hey he Max. All I'll say table. is if
2: Bo Nix goes to the Saints, who'd that say they gonna beat them Saints? Let's go!
0: go? Yes, sir.
2: And then it says, uh, says he would be a
1: plug-and-play starter in New Orleans, and he says Oh, he's I'm not...
0: taking him over Derek Carr every day. Please. Yeah, no, it says he's not
1: confident. Daniel Please. Jeremiah's not confident in Derek Carr as the Please. answer. All I'm going to
2: say is that this causes a good debate, and we could talk about this for literally forever, but
0: exactly. I'm, we're all
2: tired. We've been up for a long time, and we're already at 27 minutes. So let's <laughs> yeah. move on to the next segment hosted by Maximum
0: Yacht. Who is this week's M-M-V-P? Alright, well let's get started with the G'yot Dang segment, uh, M-M-V-P, and I'm not gonna lie, you know, the reason we actually started recording late today is because we were locked in watching the Bills and the Chiefs, you know, we were watching Josh Allen versus that's a little Mahomey, Patty Mahomes, you know, sounding like Kermit the Frog over there, just throwing touchdowns left, right, and center, but... You know, Tyler Bass decided mm. to stroll onto the field and do his best, do his best Anders Carlson impression. He's my
1: fantasy and- <laughs> kicker, bro. <laughs>
0: and miss, and miss what was a forty, what was it, forty one yard kick? You know, yes. Usually- he didn't just miss
1: it. He didn't just miss it. He literally
0: pressed X in Madden and forgot <laughs> to press X again. So, so, so usually. A forty-one yarder is, you know, I wouldn't say you know nine times out of ten, but like eight and a half times out of ten, you're, you're supposed to ESPN make it. Deportus. You're supposed to make it, but you know, he uh, he had the parlay for Kansas City and decided to take the money over, you know, literally America seeing him as a hero, but a new hero stepped in steps into phase. You know, it's his time. You know the Thanos meme. I'll do it myself, Lamar Jackson the MVP in the NFL this year, the two-time MVP. He is, it's all up to him. It's his decision. I don't trust Brock Purdy over there, you know, just doing his thing, biding his time with all the Avengers he has on his offense. Uh, I don't trust him to beat the Chiefs. I'm sorry. You know, watching what they did against the Packers, they should have lost that game, you know, but then, you know, we saw what happened. Anders Carlson, Auburn alone. But, uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson, sixteen for twenty two, one fifty two passing yards, two touchdowns, eleven carries, a hundred rushing yards, two touchdowns, four total touchdowns. I mean, we've all we've all, you know, we've grown up watching Lamar since he was in high school. I mean, I was watching his high school highlights the other day. It's absolute just insane. a man amongst boys. Uh him at Louisville, you know, winning the Heisman. I mean, he's achieved basically every everything that a quarterback can achieve from high school to the NFL, except for one thing, the Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl. And not only that, with a win next week, he will be the most loved player in the NFL for years to come. Not because he beat the Chiefs. Not because he finally prevented... Patrick Kermit Mahomes from making the Super Bowl, but because he defeated Taylor Swift. Because he defeated, you know, the most powerful force in the NFL this year. So please, Lamar Jackson, come on. Please. Please, I'm counting on you for next week to get it all together. You know, everybody's doubted you saying, oh, one and three in the playoffs coming into this year. He can't Make it past the conference championship. All that's done. Okay, I can't believe you made it this far. <laughs> you got, you got, you got, you got the Avengers on your defense. Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton. I mean, all those guys. Mata Abike. I mean, the defense will be fine. Okay, just find Zay Flowers and use your legs to just scurry on past uh Leger- Le- Le- Sneed or whatever his name is and LeBron. get into the end zone and beat the freaking Chiefs let's go Lamar he's the MVP he's the MVP what do y'all guys think hello boy Reese what, what do you think is Lamar Jackson the MVP definitely and do you think he'll beat the Chiefs next week
1: yes he definitely will beat the Chiefs next week I hope he beats the Chiefs next week
0: that's the spirit yeah Taylor you got anything to say all right, well, that's going to do it for MVP. Now we're going to move on to the next section, which is uh, bound to take a good bit of time, but, you know, it's always fun. Top ten, Reese, go ahead and take it away.
1: Let me just do something real quick.
0: All right, I'll let you cook. God!
1: It's, it's the Lamar Jackson edit for next week. Oh, my God. It's Tony Romo. Uh, What's going on? Sorry, it's just a, just a... Hello?
2: What? Was I asked anything? Yes. Oh, Oh yeah. What, right. Do you think
0: Lamar Jackson is the MVP in the NFL?
2: I mean, I, I don't think there's any debate about it.
0: Okay. Uh, After yeah. Brock
2: Purdy's trash performances the past three weeks, and then Christian McCaffrey, you know,
0: he's basically playing
2: good but not great.
0: That's what I like to hear. And I was I was just saying for M V P that, you know, he's the chosen one. He's got to go up against, you know, Taylor Swift and the boys. And he's he's gotta finish and it. And Ravens
2: are a three and a half point favorite, so
0: Yeah, I got no faith in Brock Purdy and you know, as good as they've been this year, I, I have more faith in Lamar. You know, if the Chiefs make it the Super Bowl, I hate to say it, but I think they're winning. But Lamar has something else to say. But now we're gonna move into top ten Reese go ahead and take it away.
2: Who's
1: first? Who's last? And who's in between? This is top ten. All right, today we're gonna be doing basketball top ten, like we did two weeks ago. I'm pretty sure. Let's go. So I'm gonna start with my top ten, and at ten, I got Oklahoma. You know, they barely beat Cincinnati, but you know, really, this year, this year there ain't the top ten's really confusing. Honestly, like if I was an AP sports writer, it would be really hard to put people in the top ten, especially like you know. With all the losses people have suffered this year. Uh, especially upsets. We've had a lot of upsets this year. More than any year, honestly, I think. More yeah. maybe more than the uh twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen or twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, uh, March Madness year when Loyal Chicago made it to the Natty. Or well, they made it to the final four. That's my number ten, but at number nine, I got Utah State. They're they're seventeen and two. And they have played some Power 5 schools that are actually pretty good. And um, they're actually in a, I would consider it a tough conference. The Mountain West is a pretty tough conference because you have teams like San Diego State, um, Colorado State, uh, Boise State's in there as well. And you also have some of the weaker teams in there as well that are pretty decent like Fresno State who they just beat by 15 today. Fresno State's like 12-9, and nine, which they've played some pretty good competition. And uh, that I got Utah State at 9. At my 8, I have Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's been playing pretty well this season. And uh, they there's a chance they could make a run in the Big Ten tournament. And then at 7, I had this team at 3 two weeks ago. But Kansas has got to go back after that loss, buddy. They they don't deserve to be in the top four anymore. Like, can't can't keep them in there. But Kansas will bounce back. They will bounce back. Trust me. My number six is Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, you know, barely, barely beat Georgia. I think they were my number six like two weeks ago. Um, but they barely – they should have beat Georgia by like 50. But they ended up beating them only by nine. So Kentucky's got a little bit of work to do, but they're my six. My five is Tennessee. Tennessee, you know, like I said two weeks ago, they could possibly win the SEC. And uh, I, think, I think Tennessee's a very talented team. There's a chance they could be number one sometime this season uh, if they keep it up. And then, you know, this is a team that kind of got snubbed from the top ten uh by the AP Sports Writers because you know nobody likes them Auburn Tigers but them Auburn Tigers are four on in my opinion they have cool. one of the best one of the best uh net rankings in the uh in the country right now and then they also have um Quality wins. And I know the App State, the, that's why the AP poll doesn't put him in the top 10, is the App State loss. That doesn't matter. Um, I don't care what the AP poll thinks. They just hate Bruce Pearl. They're mad that Bruce Pearl's better than probably half the freaking t- top 25. And Auburn should have been four or five at least last week. But uh, they only moved us up three spots because they're a little acoustic. So um, Auburn's at four. Suck it, AP Sports You guys suck. Um, my three hate to say this name. Uh, North Carolina is my three. Uh, you know they deserve it. I'm not gonna lie. M- my other favorite team, Duke, is terrible this year. We suck. So you know, North Carolina, do it for the state. Go make the Final Four. I think you guys are a possible uh, Final Four team. And then my number two and one. Are similar from the previous or from two weeks ago. UConn and Purdue, you know these guys. These guys might not move for a while because UConn, UConn's been racking up them wins, and so is Purdue. So you know that's why I think those two teams deserve to be up there, and that is my top ten.
0: All right. Well, I'll get into mine. I'll start at number ten. Number ten, I got Illinois um you know illinois they've kind of been back and forth this year yeah but um you know they got um terrence shannon jr uh coming back is a big piece after you know he had a bit of a bit of a scare you know and i didn't want to say his name at all if what he did was true but it turned out it wasn't true um you know he i'm not going to say what he was accused of but you know he's back for the illini and they look very strong against rutgers they one now the Rutgers. Did he pull a Josh Giddey? Did he pull a Josh Giddey? Uh, worse than that, according to the allegations. But but yes, yeah, similar similar light. But um, the Rut they beat Rutgers. I know it's Rutgers, but they beat them at home, eighty-six to sixty-three, just after beating Michigan at Michigan, which is a tough place to play. Beat them by fifteen. So um, I think Illinois is a team that could go very far. And I mean, you look at their losses. I mean, it's, they've lost to their one bad losses to Maryland, you know, but they lost to Purdue. They almost beat Purdue. They lost to them by five at Purdue. And then they almost beat Tennessee at Tennessee. They lost to them by seven. So give me Illinois at 10. That's not Number nice. nine, I got, I w- I nine I got Auburn. Okay. Number nine, I got Auburn. Uh, I know you put them as high as four. That's because you're biased, and it's okay. No, but, no, 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 no. Um, no the reason I'm but, putting, uh, the reason I'm putting but, on the floor uh, is because I. I really no, no, no. It. It's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But uh, you. also, you know, I'm an Auburn fan as well. Obviously, I mean, we all have a little bit of uh, Auburn blood in us. But uh, I don't want to get too high on the Tigers because let's just say we did that two years ago going to the NCAA tournament, and we saw what happened. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. You know, get I am ranked. afraid. I am afraid about the. I'm afraid about the Alabama. Exactly. I don't want to get ranked number one only to lose at Arkansas literally the day after. So uh, I'm going to put them at nine right now, you know, high upside, obviously. But we'll see what happens Uh, next. I got Arizona. You know, I know I've been talking a lot of ish about them, you know, saying, oh, they fell off and all that. Um, You know, they have because, you know, the last time we did this, I'm pretty sure we had Arizona at number one. Because, you know, Are you putting them at? You put them at eight? I'm putting them at eight. Yes, Arizona at eight. Um, You know, I mean they really, last, yeah, they really haven't lost anything. So yeah, I mean last last two games they beat UCLA and USC. Uh USC they blew out, but you know that loss to Washington State. There's just some losses where it's just like like what happened, especially the last two losses. Washington State and Stanford. Stanford, they got beat by eighteen points. Well, remember,
1: remember, like non-conference play, they played like UConn or something and got blown out by like twenty.
0: Well, no, they they played Purdue and lost by eight. They played Duke and beat them by five. They played Wisconsin, beat them by twenty-five. So, Dang. I mean, you know, you know, Arizona, they're a strong team. I mean, you know, they, they, beat do, they do,
1: they do have some quality wins against
0: them. Exactly. So. I mean, it really just depends on how Caleb Love plays, because that's who they—that's their guy, you know. Yeah, I remember. Caleb I remember Love, when
1: Buddy flexed when he scored like ten points against Duke.
0: Exactly, he's gonna shoot. You know, I'm not the biggest Caleb Love fan. I'm not admitting to be, but shooter's gonna shoot, and if he's shooting well, they're gonna win. That's all I'll say. Number seven, I got Kansas. You know, the tough loss to West Virginia. I don't. I don't know how bill self i would have thrown the chair at a player instead of a wall right. i don't i don't i don't get what how you lose to a 7 and 11 west virginia team that i haven't heard of since i don't even know you know they haven't been relevant in a while but um you know you lose to west virginia but it's okay you know cuz you have a chance to bounce back tomorrow or technically tonight when y'all are listening to this against a quality cincinnati team at the field, ho- field house at home and then and then you get prepared for a big, big, big road test against the Iowa State Cyclones, who, by the way, just beat TCU, who was on a hot streak. So, I mean, Kansas, if if they're going to bounce back, this is the week to do it. Number six, I got Kentucky. Um, Kentucky had a little bit of a scare late against Georgia, you know, but they were able to pull out the win. And I'll tell you what, man, if if they're nothing else, they are – the most explosive offense at times in the country right now i mean they can rob rob dillingham and uh you know R- antonio reeves um you got dj wagner you know he doesn't even dj wagner sometimes won't even start he'll come off the bench and he'll put up 20 reed Shepard is you know the you know, really good sniper from three. You know, shooting fifty-five percent from three right now as a shooting guard is sniper. Insane. Uh, but yeah, this Kentucky team—they can heat up. They can heat up fast. I mean, that wasn't only—that wasn't their first one hundred point game of the year. They've yeah. done that twice before. They scored one eighteen against Marshall. So, which I know it's Marshall, but one eighteen—that's that's crazy. Pretty good NBA yeah. numbers. I can't wait so, to see. But,
1: I can't wait to see Auburn and Kentucky play next month. That's that's going to be a fun matchup.
0: That's that's going to be insane. Ticket prices are going to be two K to get in. Two hundred? Uh, no, it's actually going to be two hundred mil to get in. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to Jeff Bezos. You can't go anyway. You're going to have to be Jeff boy? Bezos to get standing. we have a choir comp. I know, boy. Oh yeah. So I'm not going to speak on that. But uh, right ahead of them is uh, Tennessee. Uh, you know the other team in the SEC Tennessee Kentucky and Auburn are easily by far and away the top teams in the SEC you know it's them and then you know way down there is Ole Miss who just got bullied against by Auburn this weekend so but give me Tennessee at five I mean you know I honestly think it was a huge win that not a lot of people even saw because a lot of people were getting ready for you know the Auburn Ole Miss game and the Georgia Kentucky game you know but Tennessee beat a Alabama team, who, by the way, was four zero in SEC play before coming into that game, and they beat them by twenty points. So um, this Tennessee team is a tough matchup for anybody to play. But you know that Mississippi State loss once again. You know these just small losses. I mean, I just I just don't understand how you lose to Mississippi State. You know uh, Mississippi State, who hasn't won another SEC game besides Vanderbilt, but. You look at their other three losses: North Carolina, Purdue, and Kansas, all top ten teams. Um, this Tennessee team's good. You know there'll be a tough test when Auburn has to go there immediately after playing Kentucky at home. But, I, say
1: we, I say we lose that game. Honestly, like that's one of the SEC games we'll lose.
0: Yeah, no matter no matter what, it'll be a huge game. No matter what, number four, I got Houston. Um, Houston, you know they had those two straight losses to Iowa State and TCU who, by the way, are really good teams. I watched them play each other, Iowa State and TCU, and it was a really good game. Uh, Iowa State coming out with the win on the road. But, you know, they bounced back in a big way, beat T- Texas Tech, who was the top team in the Big 12. I mean, they are technically still right now, but they beat them by 23, you know. Texas Tech, who, like you said, is 5-1 and one in the Big 12. Well, that one loss is to Houston. And then they also beat UCF who had beaten a beaten uh a couple of good teams recently. Kansas, one of them. Tech the Tech will definitely move up in the rankings because
1: they uh they've
0: beaten a lot of top twenty five teams. I mean, we'll see. But give me Houston at four. Number three I got North Carolina, UNC. Um, you know, they look if I had to say one team that I actually have the most confidence in winning a game right now, it's North Carolina. You know, they've won, let's see, eight straight games. You know, starting off at that big win against Oklahoma by 12 points. And they haven't looked back since. I mean, this North Carolina team, the biggest thing I can say about them that I usually can't say is that they're old. You know, they're experienced. Armando Baycott, he's been in college, you know, since I was in elementary school. You know, so but um, this Tariels team, they can go a long way and they have a bunch of old guys, which really helps them. Number two, I got Purdue. Uh, the Boilermakers, you know, we knew this coming into the season, they would be good. You know, it's not crazy to me that they're 17-2 and two and ranked number two in the AP people. Uh, and Taylor just left. So, you know, That's we'll see. That's
1: connection, probably.
0: Yeah, possibly. But uh, I'll resend the link here in a second. But, uh, yeah, this Purdue team, very good. Um, Zach Eadie, you know, the big Canadian giant. I mean, he's probably going to win the Wooden Award again, you know, averaging a double-double. So give me Purdue at number two. And then number one, I got UConn. Um, UConn had a scare this weekend. I almost dropped out of my number one spot. But they were able to pull it away, and I think that speaks a lot about the Huskies' character. You know, getting a win on the road against a decent Villanova team who's been able to knock off some quality teams. Um, Yeah, so I think UConn is a team they've won – Seven in a row. I think they're a team that could easily, we could see as the number one overall seed and the favorite to win in March. But that's going to be my top ten. Now, Taylor, who do you have in your top ten for college basketball? LeBron.
2: Number ten, I'm going to have to agree with Reese on Wisconsin. Wisconsin, one of those teams that isn't going to put up a lot of points on the scoreboard, but they play such aggressive perimeter defense. You see low-scoring games week in and week out for them. I mean, Jacksonville State 75-60, to 60, SMU 69-61. to 61. But I'm waiting for that one quality win for them because the ranked opponent set they've played, Arizona and Tennessee, they lost by a lot to both of those teams. So I'm waiting to see what they can do against Purdue on February 4th, and, and I think that will solidify them as a top-10 team. Number nine, I'm going to have to go with Illinois, agree with Max. I like this Illinois team, you know, coming off of uh, this past week when, excuse me, <laughs> sorry, I had to cough. Cut that out. Be- you know, when they came off that win against Rutgers, Rutgers, I, I mean, kind of a decent team. But they had that tough loss against Maryland, and they barely lost to Purdue. You know, that kind of that kind of hurt their pride a little bit. I can't lie. But I think they're still a really good team. I think that they got a lot to prove with their coming-up schedule. So I got them at number 9. And then number 8, I'm going to have to go Houston. Houston, one of those teams that, I mean, it's kind of a debate. You can rate them as high as number 3 if you wanted to. You could rate them as low as, I mean, number 11 out of the top 10. You know, after those two losses to Iowa State and TCU, which were both two rough, you know, road games, tough environments. But I think this Houston team... It's still very good, and they'll have to prove it against BYU and then Kansas coming up. You know, that Big 12 that Reese was talking about earlier is super hard schedule and everything, super hard conference to go through. So I think if they can start winning some games, I think they can shoot up those rankings. And then number seven, I got Kansas. Kansas coming off that tough loss to West Virginia that we've been talking about. But they've beaten good teams in UConn, Oklahoma, Kentucky, and Tennessee. So I think this Kansas team is still a top 10 team. They just had that tough loss. But I think they'll bounce back. Hunter Dickinson will win the player of the year. So give me them. And then number six. I'm going to have to go with the Auburn Tigers. I mean, really, my four, five, and six are interchangeable, however you look at it. But Auburn coming off that huge win against Ole Miss. Absolutely bullied them, 82-59. Janai Broom leading the team with 15.3 points per game. Uh really, with like I said, with my four, five, and six is interchangeable. And with my number five spot, I'm gonna have to go with Tennessee. I do give Kentucky the edge over Tennessee just because Kentucky has proved that they can put up scores and bunches, and Tennessee in the middle of the season had those three straight losses to Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. Three of the hardest games they'll have this season and I'm waiting for Tennessee to prove that they can be a quality team, and they have that coming up against Kentucky on February 3rd. And then at my number five spot, I have Kentucky. Kentucky's just, excuse me, my fourth spot, I have Kentucky. Kentucky's just a great team all around, super high scoring. Who was that guy that they, like, put in at the last second that, like, is, like, Russian or something?
0: Wait, for which team? Kentucky. Oh, uh, uh, Ivisich or whatever his name was. Yeah, they... that guy. I <laughs> like him.
2: You know, he's not from here. I don't know where he's from. <laughs> but I think that's what kind of gives me the edge uh, for the Wildcats. But I do want to highlight real quick for Georgia, that guy that had 34 points, um, Abdur- Jabri Abdurrahim, the son of NBA legend Sharif Abdurrahim that used to play for the Vancouver Grizzlies. I mean, he's he balled out against Kentucky, and he's proving why, you know. Maybe he should have had a few more Division One offers coming out of college instead of going to you know Georgia, which is kind of poverty at basketball. But yeah. my number not three,
1: enough. not this year, buddy.
2: My number three spot before I was interrupted is going to be North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina, one of those teams. I I think they're good. I'm always going to be biased towards North Carolina, just because you know I always cheered for them over Duke. Sorry, Reese. But North Carolina, you know, the good teams that they've played, they haven't shown up. They showed up against Tennessee but then lost to Villanova, lost to Kentucky, and they haven't beaten a ranked team since Clemson, which Clemson had the falloff of the century. So I'm just waiting for uh, North Carolina to prove that they can guide the ACC. And they have three games all on ESPN in a row, so be sure to watch those on ESPN. Not sponsored, by the way. And then my number two and number one, Number two is gonna to go to Purdue and Zach Eady, and then number one is gonna to go to UConn. I think UConn, uh, like Reese said, just kind of has the edge over Purdue, even though UConn hasn't played as hard of opponents as Purdue has, and you know lost to Seton Hall a few games ago. But I, I, I don't even know why UConn has the edge. I am just gonna give it to him because the AP poll said so. We'll they have more depth, there. you know. Purdue kind of just feeds it into Zach Eady, but. This UConn team can shoot threes, and they can get out on the perimeter really fast and get off the hot start. So give me the UConn Huskies at one over the Purdue Boilermakers at number two.
0: All right, well, that's going to do it for top ten. Now, Taylor, go ahead and hit us with your hottest take of the week. The temperature is rising.
2: That can only mean one thing. It's time for Taylor's Hottest Take. Hottest cake. Let's go. So when you think of, you know, hostile basketball home environments, where do most experts go? Plenty of them say, you know, the Blue Bloods, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, Rupp Arena, Cameron Indoor, and Allen Fieldhouse, three of the top arenas, or some of the top-ranked teams that we just ranked in Purdue and Arizona. Granted, these arenas, you know, high capacities, they can get really, really loud, fans pack them out. During home games for these teams. But. Out of those. I would argue that Duke. Definitely with Cameron Indoor. You know the small capacity. The history behind it. And everything. Is one of the top. In college basketball. But not the top. Because. There's a team. That is and 10-0 at home this season. In an arena that once hosted the longest home. Winning streak. Until late in the season last year. And this arena is the Neville Arena here in Auburn, Alabama. Most experts call this arena a hidden gem because, you know, Auburn, climbing up in the ranks of college basketball with Bruce Pearl as a coach, haven't, you know, gotten to that next level of winning a championship. But this past weekend, I went to two basketball games two days in a row for men's and women's, and the environments were absolutely insane. You see it every single game. Sold out crowds, fill up the small arena. And the echoes of voices and the bass-boosted music and the Auburn chants shake the floor. You can just feel it when you go to this arena. And with the records being broken here and the way the students troll the players in the jungle, it's absolutely unbeatable. Recently, Alan Flanagan came back to Neville and got booed every single time he touched the ball. They didn't even stop during garbage time when we were up by 30. They They kept messing with them. And this environment just leads to wins after wins for the Tigers. And then when a player fouls out and you do the step, 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 sit down, you suck. I mean, there's nothing like that. No other student section does that. Neville Arena is the hottest arena in college basketball and is the best home court advantage of this decade, not just in the SEC, but the country. What are y'all's opinions on this hot take?
0: I mean... As a as an Auburn fan myself who's been to Neville Arena a time or two, I mean, yes, I 100% agree. I mean, you know, Auburn basketball, you see it every, every time that they commentate, you know, Auburn, uh, the commentators who are there, it's usually Jay Williams and some other guy. But uh, they're always like, you know, this place is probably the best atmosphere uh, that I've ever been to when they're there. Now, whenever they, you know, get away from that atmosphere, they start getting back to the calling cards. Oh, you know, Cameron Indoor, Alan Fieldhouse, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. But when you're in there, you you won't know it till you're in there. That's what I'll say. You know, for those who have not, you know, most of our listeners do reside in Auburn. Uh, for those who have not somehow been to a, either Auburn men's or even Auburn women's, you know, the women's game against LSU was electric. Uh, if y'all have not been to a game inside of Neville arena, you need to go. If you're a sports fan of any kind, this is, this should be on your bucket list is go to Neville arena. Uh, I've experienced it. We've all experienced it on here and, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the best atmospheres And one of the biggest, like you said, home court advantages and not just basketball, but in all the college sports in all of sports, really. I mean, it is it is insane how much energy the fans, but they feed off the team. That's what's so great about it. You know, if Auburn now if Auburn's doing bad, then, you know, the fans, they start to get out of it, but not completely. There's still the student section down there. Which, my goodness, I mean, they must have the lung capacity of a dang, you know, blue whale, you know, at that point, because they will just keep yelling every time the team gets the ball nonstop until the final buzzer. But yeah, I agree with this take. I don't think it's super hot because, I mean, you know, I think you'd be a fool to say that Neville Arena isn't one of the best uh, experiences in all of, you know, sports. But um, yeah, so I 100% agree. Uh, Reese, what do you think? Uh, honestly, like, you know, I agree as
1: well. Uh, you know, I don't go to a lot of men's basketball games. Y'all know I go to the women's basketball games. Uh, me and my parents have been season ticket holders for seven years now. And it's really important to me to see that these uh, these female athletes are getting recognized by the Auburn student, uh, student body. Uh, you know, today, I actually looked after the game. And today we had another good crowd at the women's game. We had 6,075 people show up. That is 1,000 yeah, less.
2: Third largest of all time.
1: Yeah, that was third largest of all time. It was a great atmosphere. The women did win. And, you know, for anybody that listens to this, come out to the Auburn women's game. It's one of the best experiences you'll ever have. You know, now, I
2: want to butt in on that, too. I was, you know, shadowing the radio announcer today. And Larry, uh, the color commentator... You know, last week against LSU, you know, huge crowd, one of, like, the be- the most ever in that arena for women's basketball. But half of those fans were LSU fans. Today, yeah. it was all Auburn fans. It was all Auburn, all orange, jersey retirement of an absolute legend. I can't remember her name right now because my brain is literally just in a different place. But, you know, it was a, it was a huge turnout. It was a great environment. And like Reese said, just... You know, we play South Carolina coming up uh the 1st of February just go and support, you know. I was talking to uh Mr. Bowen and he's he just said these girls feed off of the energy that the crowd gives them and it's really special like Reese said to see them, you know, start coming out to those games. Yeah,
1: like even even today um, you know, the last game against LSU um, you know, that was that was majority people there to see Angel Reese and Our our girls were able to flip the script and show them what we're really made of. I know we lost to Vanderbilt on Thursday, but we bounced back again today, and we had another good crowd. You know, today the jungle was into it, and the girls got down at one point, and the jungle was just able to get them back in the game, and we were able to win. And then you know we got Georgia coming up on Monday. I heard a lot of people after the game talking about they were going to come back. It's like like me and Taylor said, it's a wonderful experience. Um, you know, the women's games aren't as packed, but I'm sure for the South Carolina game after these wins, I'm sure we might have a sold out crowd, honestly. I wouldn't be surprised,
0: yeah, south carolina i I'm seeing it looking at it right now, yeah, February first, seven o'clock. um that might be one I need to pull up to. I mean, you know, I've been meeting to try to go to the last two, but haven't been able to, you know because of other things, but you know, yeah, that you know, auburn, um. I personally, you know, this obviously doesn't happen to do in Neville Arena, but I just want to speak on it just really quick. Uh, I've been a season ticket holder, my family has, uh, for softball for the last, I don't know exactly how many years. I think it's somewhere around seven, six, something like that. But because we've been, you know, close with the Auburn softball players, like they've come up and helped my mom teach and stuff like that. But point being, the Auburn energy, like like you – once again, you have to experience it uh, before you can even talk about it, and we've all experienced it. You know the softball games. I'm super excited for this season. We're season ticket holders again. Uh, they got Virginia Tech coming up. I think is their first game, uh, February 6th. So right after school on Friday, I'm going to try and pull up. But yeah, so I mean, it's really just the Auburn. It's the Auburn fans, the Auburn faithful, because this is a college town. You know, at the end of the day, this is a college town. and But it's great because it makes it great for the players uh, when the fans are able to get into it and support uh, their favorite, you know, either their favorite player on the team, whether they, have a, they usually have a friend on the team, you know, in terms of the students, or they have a child on the team in terms of the parents, or it'll be people like us who are just big fans of the team and want them to win. And so we go out and support. So, yeah, like y'all said, and y'all hear on our Play Callers uh, podcast tomorrow uh, where we talk to the head coach of the soccer teams for the high school, you know, men's and women's soccer. Uh, Last year I remember commentating for the women's soccer team uh, that went to state and, you know, there wasn't that huge of a crowd, you know, for a lot of the women's games, you know, women's high school soccer. But he was talking about, you know, like, these smaller sports, you know, or sports that aren't seen as big as others, you know, it really comes down to the student faithful and the student body uh, really just showing out. And he believes that they'll do it this year. So sorry. That was a bit of a tangent, but um, yeah, great hot take Taylor. Uh, thank you for that. So is there anything that's... else you want to say about that?
2: Nope. That's going to do it for Taylor's hottest take, you know, a little bit of bias, but I had a great weekend supporting both of the basketball teams. Both of them, super fun to watch, super talented athletes that just deserve all of our attention. Super humble as well, you know. S- sitting at the booth, uh, I got to talk to Honesty Scott Grayson uh, before she was interviewed on the radio. and She just seemed super humble, super down-to-earth, even though she knows that she's a baller. But congratulations to the women's today. Congratulations to the men yesterday. And we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment, prize picks.
0: <laughs> Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's prize picks. Yeah, so we're going to move to prize picks and we're going to go old school today. We don't have any special guests on. We're going to pick it ourselves. You know, probably be a shorter uh, segment than usual. Let me go ahead and get y'all started with the special guest picker standings. And let me tell y'all. For anyone that says, "Oh, you know, the picking's easy," you know they they had an off week. You know, one and five—that's terrible. We <laughs> haven't had a guest picker go more, better than two and four yet. You know, so wow, that's actually insane. Yeah, nothing against Grayson or uh, Aiden or Connor. You know, we love them all, but Grayson went two and four uh, last or the last time we recorded. Aiden went two and four uh, as the first special guest picker, and Connor went one four and one. Obviously, that soccer game. So, meanwhile, we all went above five hundred. Reese, you went three and three. Uh, Not it, bad. Me and Taylor, me and Taylor went four and two. <laughs> um, so that keeps Taylor in the lead, uh, sixty and forty-seven and one. Reese, what uh, happened? Uh, and... <laughs> uh... and then number two is uh, me. Uh, I'm 59 and 48 and one, so one game behind Taylor. And then Reese is one game behind me at 58 and 49 and one. So, I mean, pretty, Freaking pretty tight soccer, race.
1: Bro.
0: Yeah, so pretty tight race. Uh, anybody can win it. But we're going to go and get started. We got two college basketball rivalries on today's slate. And then we also got two. Uh, really good NBA games that should be great later in the week. And then, obviously, the two championship NFL games next week. So let's go ahead and get started with the Red River Showdown taking place on Tuesday between Texas and Oklahoma in college basketball. Texas coming off that big win against Baylor at the buzzer uh, at home. Huge win for the Longhorns. They're going on the road to face number 15 Oklahoma, Texas comes into this game at 13-5, 2-3 in Big 12 play. Oklahoma's 15-3 and three and 3-2 three and two in Big 12 play. Oklahoma is currently a 71.2% chance favorite to win this, according to ESPN Analytics. Um, you know, I watched that Texas game against Baylor, and I'm not going to lie, Max Amos and Tyrese Hunter, they're a problem, you know, on offense. Those two guys, they were clicking. I think they were combined 8 for 10 from 3 in the first half. I mean, i watched that entire game. It was an 11 a.m. tip. Uh, I watched that entire game basically all the way through, you know. And so this Longhorns team, yeah, they got some scores. They got guys inside who can rebound. Uh, And, yeah, I got, but Oklahoma is good, you know, and I had them in my top 10. All I'll say is last time, we recorded. We had Oklahoma and TCU on the slate, and I went with TCU to get the upset over Oklahoma. And I'm gonna and I was right. And I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna go against the Sooners again. Give me the Longhorns on the road to beat Oklahoma. And I'm gonna say the final score is. Uh, I'll go seventy four to seventy one. Give me the Longhorns. Let's go, baby. Hook them.
1: Uh, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with Oklahoma here because, like I said. When you pick TCU, I said Oklahoma was one of the best three point shooting teams um in the in the nation and they are. And I think they'll show that against Texas at Oklahoma. And um I think I I do think Oklahoma will win and I think it's gonna be eighty to um
2: seventy one. Dang. High
0: scoring, okay, okay.
2: Um I I like both of these teams, but You know, Texas almost feels like it's a one-man show. But Oklahoma, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight players that play above 15 minutes. And then three players that come in, you know, when they're either up by a lot or kind of role players. But this Oklahoma team just has so much depth. And if Texas gets into foul trouble at all, which we have seen in their losses to UCF in West Virginia. I mean, they just are in absolute trouble. If Obmos, Dussou, or Hunter, you know, get into foul trouble, it's it's over. It's over for them. So give me the Oklahoma Sooners at home on Tuesday night, getting the big win over Texas and Oklahoma moves to four and two in conference play.
0: Yeah. Well now we're gonna go. Now we're going to (laughs) go to a game on Wednesday, and this is a rivalry that means a lot to each one of us here on the set. Uh, Auburn, Alabama, the Iron Bowl on the court. Uh,
1: I'm about to be be totally unbiased here.
0: Yeah, so try and keep the bias out of it. I mean, we've discussed it. You know, this is a game. Auburn, Auburn usually doesn't do great coming off of, you know, because I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna have to at least get ranked in the top ten. You they're know, they're gonna come, need Tommy uh, DeVito at this. So, 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 uh, so, but they do have sometimes trouble playing in the Coleman Coliseum. You know, I've I've seen it a couple of times where Auburn goes on the road on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever, to face the Tide, and they end up losing. Um, but Auburn comes into this game number thirteen, sixteen and two, five and zero oh in conference play. Alabama, who just lost to Tennessee, 12-6 overall and overall on 4-1 in conference play. 6.30 p.m. tip on ESPN on Wednesday night. And, I mean, you talk about, you know, Alabama having a good chance to win this game. ESPN agrees. 63.4% chance favorites as an unranked team who just lost a game going up against a team that will most likely be ranked in the top 10 come tomorrow. 634 So, I mean... There's a lot on the line in this game. Bragging rights, obviously. You know, it's the Iron Bowl. Um, But if we lose, I'm going to blow off some steam on 2K, bro. (laughs) But the Auburn Tigers, they are just—they're different this year. i i I can't really explain it because, you know, a lot of the teams I root for—I'm not going to lie—they—they've all disappointed me in recent – not just recently this season, but, you know, the last couple of years, you know. But Auburn basketball has been the one thing that's really kept me excited. You know, I'm an Auburn football fan. We know how that's going. I'm a New Orleans Saints football fan. We know how that's going. I'm a Pelicans basketball fan, which, you know, kind of a little bit more on the up this year, but still we know how that's going. The Auburn Tigers – And bro is
2: a Predators fan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and Predators NHL. For those that watch NHL, we know how that's going, too, right now. Um, Losing streak, all that. I don't watch hockey.
2: Uh, All they do is
0: freaking grab each other. (laughs) (laughs) But, anyways, give me the Tigers. Janai Broom is going to have a great game. And for an Alabama team who their top scorer is, I think he's like 5'11", you know, Mark Sears, whatever his name is. He's 6'1", you know, scoring 20 a game. You know, congrats to him. But, I'm, I'm looking for Broom to, you know, pack the snot out of him every time. I don't see him getting past him. So, That's give it. me the Tigers going on the road. Don't give a piss about nothing but Tigers. the it. Beating the Alabama Crimson Tide on the road. Give me them to win this game, 78-63. to Blowout. Let's go, baby. War Eagle. All right.
1: Uh, you know, I can't be biased here, but what Max said at the end there, you know, that was completely wrong. Um, you know, like don't give a piss about nothing but the Tigers. Actually, don't give a piss about nothing but the Tide. Okay, Max.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Um, I was doing the thing.
1: The Auburn women actually said that today after they won, so you know, felt pretty good. <laughs> felt pretty good. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I want to pick Auburn. But I, I think I'm gonna have to go Alabama here, bro. Like, wow, I, I think I think I'm gonna have to. Brother it's just is like, a fake fan. what
2: brother is a fake fan?
1: No, it's just like, it, it's just, I just have a Unbiased feeling it
0: doesn't mean you pick against your team. Or I have
1: you. a feeling, no, 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 it's not that I'm trying to be like,
2: bro, be I'm like Desmond to... Howard and pick Michigan, like,
1: <laughs> bro, <laughs> no. I just think that it's gonna happen. Like I, I just have a feeling. It's like a very. About
2: the feeling. Arkansas game, and then we won by freaking thirty-two. <laughs> Bro no. cares
0: about. Hey, hey, we'll let we'll let up, we'll let Reese do what he does. He cares more about you know the picks than he does his pick record than he does happiness. It's fine. So. Boys? So, so you got the tide. All right, all right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go Alabama here. I'm gonna go a
1: close one. I'm gonna go like Alabama eighty-two to seventy-nine.
0: All right. So.
2: Okay. Max, you know, talking about Janai Broom, but I want to talk about Jalen Williams. The past few games, John, 13 against Ole Miss, 21 against Vanderbilt, 22 against Texas A&M. He's just been all over the court, almost getting a double-double in, all, in the past five games. I think Auburn, you know, it's a lot like the Texas-Oklahoma game. You know, Alabama, a lot like Texas. Uh, has about one or two weapons. But if they get into foul trouble, I mean, who's going to step up? But for Auburn, I mean, absolute depth. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten five, six, seven, eight. Ten people play above 15 minutes. And then you got Leor Berman coming in off the bench. I mean, this team is just so... Go look, at, go
1: look at the Auburn men's basketball Instagram.
2: And you can literally just point at anyone on this team and they'll make an immediate difference. So, I mean, just... Just give me the Tigers winning about 90-65. to 65. Bro, Taylor, why did you post Tyler Bass? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: anyways, uh, now we're going to move to the NBA. Uh, another game that's taking place Wednesday night, and it's between the Celtics and the Heat. A long-time rivalry between these two teams. You know, you remember back to the days when, you know, it would be Larry Bird going up against whoever was on the Heat to Ray Allen going up against whoever was on the heat to LeBron James going up against whoever was on the Celtics, you know? So, um, yeah, so Celtics heat, I lost my train of thought there for some reason. Celtics, the number one team in the NBA right now, 33 and 10 overall, 13 and nine when playing on the road. Whereas, uh, Miami heat, they are 24, and 19 overall and, uh, 12 and eight when playing at home. uh, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Celtics are seventy six point six percent chance favorites to win, according to ESPN analytics. And I'm not gonna lie, this is gonna be a good game. You know, both these teams coming off a loss. Uh, but, you know, the Celtics losing a close one, possibly the game of the year against the Denver Nuggets. What could possibly be the NBA finals? You know, when it's all said and done. The Miami Heat coming off two straight losses, a really close one to the Hawks, and then a twenty-four point loss at the Raptors. So give me the give me the Celtics. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to go against this team. You know, they are just they're just so good. Um, that trade really paid off for them, able to get Drew Holiday. You know, and Jason Tatum is just playing out of his mind. So give me the Celtics to win this game. Um, it's the greatest time I've i see. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say, uh, let's see. I'm gonna say one twenty-one to one thirteen. Give me the Celtics. Reece, who you got?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go with the goofy ah Celtics. Um, I think the goofy ah Celtics will beat the goofy ah Mavericks, especially after Lucas haircut. You know, looks a little uh,
2: offset. You
1: mean the, You mean the Heat? What? The Celtics. Oh, the Heat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, wrong game, buddy. Yeah, Celtics <laughs> and he. Uh, you know, I, I, the Celtics. Honestly, in my opinion, I think they'll probably win the whole thing. Like literally, I think they'll win the whole thing. This okay. is this. <laughs> Put that on God, Max. I'm I'm gonna shoot you <laughs> from a very long distance. Actually, I'm gonna send. You know what? I'm gonna call an airstrike to your house. All right. All right, buddy. You do that. Alright, uh anyway, you know, I think the Celtics are gonna win. But, you know, back to what I was saying before Taylor said, uh oh, yeah. like Angel Reese. But anyway, um, you know,
2: uh
1: Celtics Celtics, you know, I think I think this is a better team than um when they played the Warriors in the finals, honestly. I think this is a way better team. They might honestly, they might only lose like they might not even lose twenty games. They they there's a chance they could could not lose 20 games, but I got the Celtics. I'm going to say 110-90.
2: You know, the Celtics' uh, past breath. five games lost to the Nuggets and the Bucks, two of the top teams. They're trying to, you know, get that key win to keep their season going about mid-season point. And the Heat, you know, not on a hot streak right now. And the first time these two teams played this season, the Celtics won. You know, in Miami, it's going to be a little bit harder with the home crowd. But Jimmy Butler just has not been it this year. I mean, he's not even the leading scorer for the Heat this year with his, uh, you know, emo haircut that he has. But <laughs> give me the Celtics easily beating the Miami Heat.
0: And now we'll move to the 76ers at the Nuggets. Also,
2: Since before this- we get- move on, Udonis Haslam is the most goofy uh, jersey retirement of all time.
0: <laughs> Bro rode the bench to the to the jersey retirement. That's Bro, I
2: wish I could ride the bench to the rafters. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, nobody nobody rides LeBron more than Udonis Haslam did. But um, anyways, we're gonna go to the 76ers at the Nuggets this Max, you ride, Max you ride Zion, so it's okay. Yeah, You're I good. do. You know uh but you know we got the 76ers at the Nuggets this upcoming Saturday 4:30 on ABC this is going to be a great game uh the 76ers 28 and 13 overall versus the Denver Nuggets 30 and 14 overall the Nuggets are favored in this game 60.9% according to ESPN analytics um but you know the 76ers and the process himself Joel Embiid who's averaging 35 points right now uh 35 points and eleven points. Hey, don't forget about mo Bamba. Rebounds. yeah we're, <laughs> well mo well mo bomba right now is listed as questionable for this game so you know he might not be that big impact player you know he is but uh you know the 76ers give me them they played the nuggets earlier this year and won at home 126 to 121 that was a great game this is also going to be a great game but give me the give me Joel and Bead and the Seventy Sixers to win this game. I'm gonna say one thirty two to one twenty seven. Uh, Who? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Nuggets. You know,
1: I I usually don't pick the Nuggets. I don't know why, but um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Nuggets. I'm gonna say they win. I'm gonna say honestly one twenty to like.
0: 103. Jeez. Okay. Taylor? Um, I'm going
2: to have to agree with Reese. The Nuggets are way too good. And I want to highlight for the 76ers, you know, Robert Covington and DeAnthony Melton, two key players for their team, are out. So those are some big losses, you know. The Nuggets fully healthy. So give me the Nuggets winning this game pretty easily.
0: Well, now we'll move to the NFC or the AFC championship this upcoming Saturday. I know who we or this upcoming Sunday, excuse me. I know who we all want. To, who we all want to win the game, but who do we actually think is going to win the game? That's the difference. The Chiefs coming to this game at eleven and six overall, six and two when playing away. The Ravens coming to this game at thirteen and four overall, six and three when playing at home. The Ravens are minus three favorites uh coming into this game. And the Ravens are sixty-three point six percent chance to win this game according to ESPN analytics. You know, this uh, this, this this game is uh, you know, we all know who he right, had to a little,
2: win. little chuckle out.
0: Like, like like we said, we all know who we want to win. And that's the Ravens, you know. The Taylor Swift, uh, she's had a run, you know. But it ends here. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, uh, he's going to be – he's going to play like the MVP uh, this upcoming Sunday. You know, the leading passer and the leading rusher. He's not a game manager for the Baltimore Ravens. He is the best quarterback in the entire NFL the National Football League. Give me the Baltimore Ravens. Let's go. Fly high, whatever you're saying is. Uh, Give me the Baltimore Ravens to win this game. I'm going to say 27 to 21. Give me the Ravens. Let's go, baby.
1: All right. I'm still depressed about the freaking Bills game. Like I actually hate Patrick Mahomes. I hope him and his family suffer a terrible car accident on the way back to Kansas City and just, you know, I hope nobody gets hurt, but I hope they all just end up in the hospital for a week.
0: Yeah, that that last part. So. <laughs> and,
1: and um, you, you know, uh, you know, just um, yeah, I hope, I hope Bal- or Baltimore just beats the crap out of them. I hope Lamar Jackson throws up, you know, a bunch of gang signs at Patrick Mahomes. Just absolutely.
0: is <laughs> gonna get us canceled. And just
2: absolutely- have to disagree with both of y'all because Patrick Mahomes
0: he hasn't
1: even said his pick and then and then he's going to absolutely uh dab on him and you know uh, I hope he like kicks him into the locker and like beats the crap out of him and Patrick Mahomes just like bleeds out and dies on the Baltimore Ravens field and uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens the Ravens are going to win by Ravens are going to win by like 50 it's going to be 50 to 0 Baltimore uh Patrick Mahomes you can uh, shut up buddy you're not good
2: Bro I don't even know what that sound was like, bro. All right. The the Chiefs are going to win. I hate to say it but they're going to win and Patrick Mahomes to the Super Bowl be like.
0: All right, well now we'll move into our last pick of the day and it's the NFC Championship. What should actually be a really good game. The Lions coming in at 12 and 5 overall, 6 and 3 when playing away. The 49ers at 12 and 5 overall and 5 and 3 at home. Uh, the 49ers are minus seven point favorites coming into this game. Vegas really thinks they're going to win this game, huh? They got to make uh, that. They
1: got to make that a little bit closer. That, that's yeah, gotta be
0: like, it, that's got to be three. That's got to become, uh, I think, a little bit closer. One thing to watch coming into this game, though, is Debo Samuel. You know, suffering that suffering that injury early on in that game against the Packers, and then getting into street clothes immediately after. We'll see if he's back for this game. Right now, he's listed as questionable. But, uh, and then the Lions, they don't have many big injuries coming into this one. They should be at full strength. Um, But I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not one to believe in conspiracy theories. But the last, I think it's last two or three seasons, the Super Bowl, like, logo or whatever, they make it before the season happens, you know, the color and everything. But don't do it. The, co- the color scheme has matched the two teams in the in the championship last year with uh last year with kansas city and uh the eagles the logo is green and red the year before with the Bengals and the rams the logo was uh orange and yellow you know this year it's purple and red so give me the 49ers and brock Ride ride, Trent Williams all the way home. Ride CNC all the way home. Brandon Ayuk getting carried by them. Give me the 49ers to win this game at home. And I'm going to say this is a high-scoring affair. I'm going to say 38-31. 49ers win it. Let's go. Brock Purdy. Reese, who do you have? Um, you know, I'm going to disagree
1: with you, Max. Okay. Um, I think the Lions are going to win because, you know, why not? You know, it's m M&M. and uh, Snap back to reality. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think the Lions are going to win. Uh, you know, their defense, th- this is going to be a defensive game, honestly. Like, it's probably going to be a lo- very low-scoring game. But, you know, Brock Purdy's a game manager, um, like Cam Newton said. Um, and, yeah, I think the Lions win this one. I'm going to say 13-9. to I'm going to say the 49ers get
0: three field goals. Bro, what? Okay. Brock Purdy! Uh, <laughs> i to agree with my boy
2: Reese Kinder on this one. Taylor just um, ruined, bro. I just, I don't believe in Brock Purdy, you know. Looking at the stats, honestly, Jared Goff has better stats. Yeah. So, uh, give me the Lions. Lions fans travel <laughs> are going to travel all the way to San Francisco, Levi Stadium. You know, Greg Olson, the worst color commentator, is going to be announcing it. But besides that, it's going to be a good one to watch. Give me the Lions winning by a game-winning field goal by their kicker,
0: I think it's Riley Patterson. Well, that's going to do it for the Tigers Den podcast. Another great show. We hope you all enjoyed. Um, Be sure to, you know, listen to all the podcasts. Listen to Play Callers. We have a great episode coming out tomorrow with Coach Bill Ferguson, none other than the women's and men's varsity coach for the high school soccer team. Uh, but that's gonna do it. We hope y'all enjoyed and with that. We'll Maximum up. diet T T T T T T
2: T T T Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger Stand Podcast. New episodes dropping every Monday at 3 30 p.m. Central. Also be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Cars where we interview a coach from Auburn High School football. Be sure to check out those episodes dropping every Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.